I'm going to ask you to go in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. 1 Thessalonians is a little bit hard to find, maybe. It's in your New Testament. I'm going to give you a chance to find that as you go to the scriptures this morning. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen, or you can look for it on your digital device. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's a, a little book in your New Testament, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. And we read some instructions this morning from the Word of God that are so rich and applicable to our life in any circumstance. Words that no doubt are going to be seasoned with salt this morning as you hear what God says to your heart. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, and abstain from every form of evil. Now may, God of, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he will bring it to pass. Let's pray. Father, we pray today as we come to your word that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word and receive it into the fertile soil of their hearts. I ask you as well that you would allow us to be mindful and reflective of all the goodness which you have done for us. We pray in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak with you this morning about the power of gratitude. Gratitude is a spiritual reality. In fact, gratitude does not come natural to the flesh. It is a spiritual thing to be grateful. And the Bible here this morning gives us a series of instructions. I want to focus in on verse 18. But first, I just want to remind you what the scripture says in the preceding verses. First of all, we are told in the scripture to rejoice always. And so that is a command and an encouragement from God that in every season of life we can have joy. I know there are some bitter moments that we will pass through in this journey, but all of those moments can be visited by the joy that the Lord gives. You see, joy is unlike happiness. Happiness is determined by your circumstances Joy is determined by the Holy Spirit on the inside of your life. And so when you walk by the Spirit and you are indwelled by the Spirit of God as a believer, you have the joy of the Lord. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we're encouraged by Scripture to rejoice always. And then we're told to pray without ceasing. We're given this instruction to not only be joyful but to be prayerful. To be a people that are always talking to God. Sometimes we get the idea that praying without ceasing means that we've got to be at the altar on our knees 24 hours a day in order to fulfill that text of scripture. But the reality is quite a different one and it's very simple. You can talk to God all day long. 
As you're going through your daily life, you can speak to the Lord. And do you know that God wants to hear from you, and He wants you to hear from Him. Talking with God, conversation with God, prayer is a two-way street. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they will not hear the voice of the stranger. So you and I can speak to the Lord and expect for Him to communicate and speak with us. And as we go through our day, we are prayerful and mindful of God's presence in our life. Even in the most minute of circumstances, even in the most um, un un insignificant moments, we can be speaking to God. You can talk to God while you're driving, while you're going down the road to work. Just don't close your eyes when you do that, all right? And you can talk to God when you are in the kitchen preparing a meal for your family. You can talk to God when you are going to prepare for a test that you have to take in the university. You can pray without ceasing and have that unceasing relationship and communion with God. And I tell you, there is nothing sweeter or richer in this life than to live daily in communion with God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say amen, somebody. But then we're told to be thankful in everything. We're told to give thanks in all things. Now notice the Bible doesn't say to give thanks for all things. You are going to face some things in your life and, and the devil is going to come against you from time to time. You don't necessarily have to thank God for the trial, but you should thank God in the trial. Can I just tell you that it doesn't matter what circumstance or season your life is in, you'll always have something to be thankful for. When God says, be thankful in all things, be thankful, he is telling us that there is always going to be something in our life, no matter how difficult things may be at the moment, that is worthy of our gratitude before God. And that means that in every situation, God is going to make sure that there are good things in your life. There might be storms, but he'll be the shelter from that storm. There might be need, but he'll be the provision on your table. There might be days of distress or nakedness, but he will be the clothing upon your back. There may be days of sickness, and he will be your healer. There may be death. Uh, there may be moments where death comes into your family and takes someone that you love, but he will be your comforter and your counselor and your guide. You can give thanks to the Lord in all things. And this morning, I want to talk about the power of doing that, the power of, a, of gratitude in your life is so significant because it can actually change the quality of your life. Do you know that grateful people have a better quality of life than ungrateful people? Are there any grateful people in the house of God this morning? First thing I want you to know this morning is that God is honored by gratitude. The Bible says that this is the will of God. We read it in verse 18. In everything give thanks for God, for it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you are grateful, when you are living a lifestyle of gratitude, you are honoring God. And you are bringing glory to Him. God is pleased by grateful people. Just like you and I are pleased when someone says thank you for something that we have done. Any of the parents in here know how you feel when, you're, when your children come to you and say thank you. Don't you just love the feeling of having your children come to you and be grateful for what you have done for them? In the same way, God is pleased when you and I come and give gratitude to him. The 69th Psalm in verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song and magnify him with thanksgiving. I will, and it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull 
or the horns and the hooves. What is the psalmist saying here? He is saying, I'm going to praise God and I'm going to magnify God with thanksgiving. But then he says, God appreciates thanksgiving more than sacrifices. He is saying God appreciates and receives thanksgiving with more joy and more pleasure than great big oxen or great big cattle that an old ancient Jewish man could have brought and laid upon the altar. You see, sometimes we think that God wants us to do hard things. And it's true. There are moments where we have to do the difficult thing. But God says, I am pleased so simply by your gratitude. You don't have to give the, uh, the biggest offering in the church. You don't have to have the best education. You don't have to have the most understanding. What you do need to have is a heart that is magnifying God with gratitude and praise. And this is pleasing to the Lord. You know, there are three obstacles to our gratitude. And this is why I believe the Lord is pleased by gratitude. Because gratitude is healthy for your spirit. When you walk in gratitude, it is going to bring health to your inner man. But these three obstacles rise up in your life in order to get you to become ungrateful, to, be, to get you to forget the goodness and the greatness of God in your life. One of these obstacles is pride. You know, it's very hard for pride, uh, prideful people and proud hearts to be grateful because the proud mind thinks, I did this myself. You know the old saying, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Nobody was there to help me. I'm a self-made man. You know that pride leads us to believe that we didn't need God. It leads us to believe that we did this on our own. Can I tell you, friend, that without God, we can do nothing. Without God, we can have nothing. It is God who has brought every good and perfect gift into our life. And so gratitude humbles itself before God and says, Lord, I may have done some nice things, some big things in my life, but if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have been able to do them. I may have risen in my, in my uh, job at the, at the company, but if it hadn't been for your grace and favor, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, Lord, I was able to build a nice house, but if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have been able to start. Lord, I thank you for the car I drive, but if it hadn't been for you, I'd be walking everywhere I go. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the attitude of gratitude this morning. It lays our pride low. And it raises up God before us and lets us know that it is the Lord who did these things. One of the other uh, obstacles to gratitude in our life is a sense of entitlement. You know, it's sad to say, but America is struggling right now with this very carnal sense of entitlement. People think that things are owed to them. People think the government owes them. Sometimes people come to church, they think the church owes them. Or that, or that God owes them. Can I just tell you, friend, that God doesn't owe us. We owe God. It is God who's been merciful and gracious to us. But you know, when we become grateful, we begin to realize, you know what? What I was entitled to, I didn't get. I was entitled to wrath, but I received mercy. I was entitled to being forsaken, but I have been received by God. I was entitled to be rejected by a holy God, but I have been forgiven of my sins. I was entitled to hell, but I'm on, on my way to heaven. I was entitled, entitled to sickness and disease, but I have received cleansing and healing through the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. God didn't give us what we were entitled to. He gave us what Jesus was entitled to. He gave us the righteousness and the benefits that belong 
to his son. He laid them upon our life. He took our sin and our sorrow and he made it his own. And he gave us the glory and the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so when we are grateful to God, we are reminded that everything I have belongs to him. And that everything I have is his because he, is, he gave it to me. Now this third obstacle to, to gratitude is one I think is most common and which I have seen uh, the most in my time. And that is the obstacle of complaining. Now, I, I don't want to point any fingers this morning, but have, have any of you ever complained? Oh, come on. We've all complained, haven't we? You know, complaining is so easy. You know, when you get into a, into a pinch, it's just easy to complain. It's easy to complain about how long they're taking at the drive-thru. It's easy to complain about how they got your coffee wrong. It's easy to complain about how they gave me my barbacoa wrong. Right? It's just easy to complain about all of those things. And I can, I can go on and on if I get to complaining, and so can you, because the flesh just finds it natural to see the negative in things. The flesh just finds it natural to find what can't be done. And you know, when you are around negative people, don't you know they bring you down? I tell you all the time, there's people who bring joy to a room when they walk in. And there's people who bring joy to a room when they walk out. And usually it's those negative people. When they come into a room, they just bring a cloud with them, don't they? And it's not a glory cloud. It's a cloud of despair and discouragement. They know what can't be done. They know that the bills can't be paid. They know that we're not going to make it. They know that we're going to die. They know that we're not going to succeed. But let me just tell you. That spirit, that attitude doesn't come from God. Our God is a God who says you can do all things through Christ who is your strength. And so when you feel tempted to complain, turn that around and start thanking God. When you feel tempted to start complaining about what you don't have, turn that around and start thanking God for what you do have. All right, let me just give you an example. Maybe you're sitting there complaining about the car you drive and say, oh, this car is it's two years old already. You know, I really, I really would rather have a newer car and a nicer car and one with, with some better features. But then when you stop and you think about, look at what God has done for me. I used to be driving an old hand-me-down that squeaked when I, when I came down the road. But look at what God has done in my life. Maybe you're complaining about your husband or your wife and saying, well, my, my, my friend's wife, you know, she gets up and makes breakfast for him. And, and my, my friend's husband, you know, he gets things done around the house. And you can start complaining about the people in your life. But why don't you turn that around and start thanking God for the people that you have in your life. Start thanking God for the husband that he gave you, for the wife who he gave you. Come on, somebody. For the children that he gave you. Thank him in every season of your life. And gratitude turns complaining around on its head, and it brings glory to God. Listen, you may not be where you want to be, but I know you're not where you were. I know that God has been faithful to you. I know that God has brought you through some trials and some tests. I know that there were some storms that had your name on them, but the Lord delivered you out of them. Come on, somebody. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And when you do that, you are pleasing to the Lord. The Bible said that Jesus healed ten lepers. You remember that story? Can you imagine Jesus healing Ten lepers, ten men who had an incurable disease. And the scripture says that when he had healed them, he sent them away. And he said to them, go and 
Show yourself to the priest. And while they were going, one of them came back to thank Jesus. One out of the ten had a grateful spirit. One of the ten had the, the foreknowledge to know that this needed to be appreciated. That God needed to be praised for what had just taken place here. And that you, may, you wonder, what were the other guys thinking? What was going through their heads? Why didn't they come back to thank the Lord? They were just as sick. They were just as desperate. They were just as needy. And they were just as healed. But why is it this one man came back and said thank you to Jesus? Somebody made a list of what the others might have been thinking. And I think these are thoughts that maybe have come through our mind from time to time. One might have thought, maybe this cure isn't for real. Another one might have thought, let's see how long this lasts. Someone else might have thought, I'll thank him later. Someone else might have thought, you know what, I never really was a leper after all. Someone else might have thought, uh, well, it was going to go away anyway. One of them might have thought, I'll give glory to the priest or to the temple. But one of them said, look, I know one thing for sure. If it hadn't been for God, if it hadn't been for Jesus, if it hadn't been for mercy, if it hadn't been for grace, I would be dead in my sin. Come on, somebody. Do you have that kind of gratitude this morning that says if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, my enemies would have risen up against me. They would have swallowed me up whole. But God was there. I've got to give glory to God. I've got to give praise to God. That's why we're here this morning. We're here this morning because you had the choice to stay in bed or you had the choice to come to church. You had the, church, you had the choice to go eat breakfast or to come to the house of God. You had the choice to go and do some shopping or to come and give God praise. Let me tell you, you made the best choice you could have made because gratitude is pleasing to the Lord. And today as he looks down on you, he's smiling on you with favor. Because he's hearing the joy that comes from your heart. And recognizing that it was the Lord indeed who did these things. Second thing I want you to know is that gratitude is a lifestyle. Not a one-time thing. You know, in America we have Thanksgiving Day. And I'm so glad that we do. Did you know that America is unique in that? This is a uniquely American holiday. Because this nation was founded by Christians. I said this nation was founded by Christians. And in this nation knew from its beginning that it had to be God who made this possible. Listen, when you look at America, you see its prosperity, its blessing, the way that it has blessed the nations of the world. And you realize one thing. God has been good to America. And so throughout our history, presidents have stopped to say we're going to make a day of thanksgiving to God. In fact, President Lincoln's proclamation for thanksgiving was a day of fasting and prayer. Can you imagine that? The first thanksgiving declared by President Lincoln was for fasting, not for feasting. We've kind of turned that around these days. I know none of you are going to be fasting on Thanksgiving Day. I'm not, not judging you. I'm not going to be fasting either. All right? But I just want you to know that that's how America has thought about this day. That there has to be a day when we give God our thanks. When we say, Lord, you're the one who brought us through. And, you know, it was President Lincoln who brought that day, uh, that declaration in the midst of the Civil War. While America was still fighting for its survival. While it was still fighting to, to stay uh, uh, viable as a nation, as a people, that the nation stopped to go to church and to fill the house of worship with thanksgiving and with prayer to God. 
Can I just tell you, friend, I believe America is still here today because people have stopped throughout our history to say this wasn't us, this was God. And can I tell you, if America is going to be here in the coming generations, it's only going to be if the church of Jesus Christ rises up to say, we're going to keep America focused on God. We're going to turn America's heart and attention toward the word of God. But you see, it's not just a one-day thing. I know on Thursday, some of you will be having some lunch. Some of you will be having some uh, good food. You'll be watching a football game. Some of you will be playing outside. I don't know what you're going to be doing, but some of you are going to remember what this day is about. I hope all of you do. And you stop to say, Lord, you're the one who put food on our table. Not just today, but last week when we couldn't pay the bills. Not just today. But last week, Lord, when we didn't even think our loved one was going to make it through to the holidays. And now here we are having Thanksgiving dinner with them. We want to thank you for that. And when you stop and do that, I just want you to remember, this is not just for one day. But gratitude is a lifestyle. It's the lifestyle of the believer for every single day of the year. When you wake up, I encourage you to wake up thanking God. Some people, when they wake up, they say, oh, Lord, it's morning again. I don't want you to do that. When you wake up, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. I get another day. I get another chance. I, I get to live. I get to love my family. I get to serve the Lord. And you and I, when we cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving and of gratitude toward God, we are, we are allowing the, the health and healing balm of, of God to fill our life. We're allowing that testimony of his goodness and his greatness to come into our life. The Bible says, I will sing to the Lord great forever, and my mouth will sing of his faithfulness from generation to generation. I will declare that the love of God stands forever, and that it is established in faithfulness throughout the heavens. You see, the Bible gives us good reason to thank God, and it gives us good reason to thank God daily. Why is that? Look at what Lamentation chapter 3, uh, verse 22 says. It says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed will never cease, and his compassions will never fail. They are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. The Lord is my portion and the portion of my soul. Therefore, I have hoped in him. Why can you thank God every day? Because God's mercy is new every single day. God's loving kindness and God's grace is renewed toward you every single day. Listen, God's love for you yesterday, God's mercy toward you yesterday, you don't have to live on that today. There's new mercy today. There's new grace today. There is new support for you today. And last night while you were sleeping, maybe yesterday, you just took everything off of the shelves that you could. But last night while you were sleeping, God was restocking the shelves so that when you woke up this morning, there was a full and, and vast inventory of anything that you could need from the hand of God. And so he says to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Why? Because his mercy is new every single morning. Come on, somebody. Every day of your life, you can count on the mercy and the faithfulness of God. I will give thanks to the Lord, said the psalmist, from generation to generation. Every single day of my life will be filled with a song of praise and glory to God. Now the Bible tells us this further. It says that we give thanks in every season. 
every single season of our life, we can give thanks to God. And when you and I make the decision to get up in the morning and to live our life as, as with gratitude to God, we're actually inviting God to do more in our life. You see, when you, when you get into complaining, you, you turn off your faith. You get into complaining, you turn off your reliance on God. And what you, what you and I need to do is we need to get into faith. Faith is grateful to God. And when you begin to give thanks to God, you open the door for God to do greater things in your life. I love this story about George Mueller. George Mueller was a, a uh, pastor, a, an evangelist in the 1800s. And he had an orphanage that was run, as it was called, a faith mission. And a faith mission means that they never raise money. They never ask for money. All the, 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 the supplies that came into the mission were brought in through by prayer. And so one day, Mr. Mueller had about 100 orphans in his orphanage. And it came to dinner time, and there was no food to give to the orphans. There was nothing to set in front of them. And so uh, you can understand the burden and the concern that would bring. You and I uh, can imagine what it would be like to have to feed 100 people, be responsible for them. And so he had all the orphans come in and sit down in that uh, dining room. And he, he said, all right, we're going to pray, and we're going to give thanks. And I'm sure somebody around there thought, thanks for what? There's no food. What are we going to give thanks for? So he had them bow their heads, and they began to pray. And he said, Lord, I thank you that you always hear me. He said, I thank you you've always provided for us, and we thank you for tonight's dinner. And while he was praying, he writes in his journal that someone knocked on the door. They went over and opened the door of the orphanage, and there was the baker. He said, Brother Mueller, he said, I seem to have baked too much bread today. Do you think uh, the, the orphans could use it this, this evening? And so they brought in the bread, and when the baker left, there was another knock on the door. They went over to the door, and this time it was a milkman. He said, Mr. Mueller, you know, funniest thing happened. He said, my, my milk truck got stuck in the mud, and if we don't drink this milk tonight, it's going to spoil. Do you think you guys could use the milk? And, and so the milkman left, and then someone else knocked on the door. And this time it was the butcher. And the butcher said, Brother Mueller, before I left the shop today, the Holy Spirit told me to bring the orphans some meat. And, and that night they ate a feast provided by the hand of a good God. Come on, somebody. You can give thanks in every season because God is good in every season. And God is faithful in every season. Faithful is he who called you, and he will bring it to pass. You see, when Brother Mueller started giving thanks to God, he turned on his faith. He activated his confidence in God. And I want to encourage you to do that today. Activate your confidence and faith in God. I know that maybe you're looking at a circumstance just as bleak as his, but can I tell you, God can bring something out of nowhere to meet your need, to provide for you, to sustain you, and he will. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endure forever. Come on, somebody stand, to, stand with me and just bless the Lord. Just give him thanks and praise for his faithfulness. I want to invite you into this altar with me this morning, and I want us to make a Thanksgiving altar call. I just want us to come into this, thank, into this altar and say thank you. And give God 
the gratitude of our hearts. Listen, when you and I give God our praise and our gratitude, he comes down and he dwells in the praises of his people. So would you just come into this altar this morning? You as a family, if you want, come and stand together. Let's give God thanks. Listen, there's some things that could have taken you out this year. But you're still standing by the grace of God. Maybe some of your prayers seem like they were unanswerable, but God answered. So let's just fill this altar this morning with gratitude. To say, Lord, if it had not been for you, I would have given up a long time ago. I would have failed along the way. I would have lost my way. But you were there. You were faithful. You were good. You loved me. You saved me. You delivered me. You healed me and are healing me. God, we thank you as a people today. For we are witnesses and testimony of your faithfulness. Your word says truly faithful is he who called us. And he will bring it to pass. We thank you, O oh God, for your unending compassions, for your mercies, for your never-ending grace. We thank you for the provision you have made, for the jobs you have given us. We thank you, God, for the houses that we live in, for the cars that we drive. But above all those physical things, God, we thank you for the husbands and the wives, for sons and daughters, for grandchildren. We thank you for health in our bodies, for peace in our minds. We thank you for the salvation of our souls, for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for the grace that you have shown to us in the hour of our need and failure. Oh, bless the Lord and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord and exalt his name forever. Blessed be the name of Jesus.